Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Uninstalled Podcast. As always, I am your very well-educated and handsome host, Tyler, joined by my two ruffian friends, Vincent and Justin. Well, hello there. Hi, everybody. So, today's episode is going to be different. Different, to say the least. Uh, We're pretty different, overall. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty much. So, the, the two topics we have on the table today, I should say two topics. We're going to have Lord of the Rings... Uh, which is going to be uh, up Tyler's alley. Yep, right, right up my alley. Right right up there, fisty. <laughs> and we have Game of Thrones, which is going to be right up Vincent's butthole. Oh, you have no idea. Um, thank you for the comparison, by the way. That's a fun little analogy, right up my, uh, my no-no place. I mean, place. considering how many buttholes were probably shown on Game of Thrones. Actually, I'm glad you mentioned that. I don't have necessarily a count... Um, of a particular kind of uh, buttholes were shown. Four buttholes, to be exact. <laughs> there, there were a lot of butts. I'm mean, not going to lie there. Um, but we can all get into that. I also, just to know the extremity of how much I love Game of Thrones, I have a Game of Thrones tattoo. It was my first tattoo. It's on my shoulder. Um, and it's a quote from uh, Boy, the Vincent, second you just, season. You were just taking Justin's segment and running with it, aren't you? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just super excited. Yeah, this is the only time of the show I'm really going to be talking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have very little to no knowledge on either one of these two topics. I, I own season one of Game of Thrones on a 4K uh, Blu-ray. Oh, and that's, that glorified doorstop? Yeah, and okay. that's as far as I've made it. So, uh, basically today's episode is going to be Lord of the Rings versus Game of Thrones. And which one, their, their job is going to be to convince me of what I should watch. Here's the thing, here's... You're biased. Already, you're going to pick Tyler's side. I don't. I don't know. I. I honestly, I'm not going to be biased. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be the re, the reason he's already biased is because he knows I'm going to win. Okay. Well, how often? How often have I lost to the you, Vincent? Well, remember, remember D and D yesterday. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't think we we're going to tangent about D and D. All right. So their objective is going to be to convince me of which which series of. Of, I guess Lord of the Rings isn't a series, but it's got a bunch like a, of movies, like which, right? Which medieval fantasy series is better? Should, Franchise. Would yeah, be a yeah. better word? Okay. And me having no knowledge of either, I am going to listen to each each of their uh, each of their arguments, ask questions, and uh, make my mind up. So you're the Anderson Cooper of this podcast That's right now. That's right. Hey, uh, oh, oh God, who's the guy from uh, To Catch a Predator? Is that Anderson Cooper? No. Hey, have a seat right there. Uh, Who no, is that guy? No, that's, that's, um, that's not Anderson <laughs> that's Cooper. That's definitely not Anderson Cooper. <laughs> in the slightest. Uh, Anderson Cooper, for anyone who does not know, um, is a newscaster for Everyone CNN. Everyone knows who Anderson Cooper is. You did not. No, no, I just didn't know if he was... <laughs> I, I know what he looks like. I just don't know the name of the guy. Anyways, we're, in the, we're totally in the wrong mindset right now. All right, so... Um, we will start with Game of Thrones, because I probably know the least about that. Okay. Uh, Vincent. Yeah. Why should I watch Game of Thrones? You're already starting with that particular question. Okay. Well, uh, Game of Thrones... Um, just... uh, tell me what it is. Sorry. Okay. So, uh, brief, brief... It's dumb. Dum, 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 All right. So, uh, Game of Thrones, long story short, is actually um, originally novels... Um, a novel series written by George R. R. Martin, and uh, actually HBO um, and George R. R. Martin, they met. I'm not sure. Maybe in a shady basement. I couldn't tell you. But they met and they decided to do a live show adaptation of Game of Thrones. Um, 
and it is a medieval-based um, series. I say based because it has fantasy aspects, just like Lord of the Rings would. Um, and it has really, really cool uh, characters. I say cool. Um, I could do all different sorts of adjectives. Really, it's very immersive. Um, you fall in love with characters, and they die. You hate characters, and they live. Um, oh boy, that sounds like a great show. Well, here's the thing. So I say that because you become so engulfed with what you're watching. Um, you just be really, you're just taken away. You look at it and you're like, holy crap, I would never do something like that. But I wonder what they're going to do next episode. Stay tuned. That okay, kind so, of thing. so how long would you, is, an, is an episode on an average? An episode on average, you are, uh, you are looking at between 52 minutes to an hour. The longest recorded episode for Game of Thrones uh, was an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, wow. I'm glad you actually knew that offhand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's I'm impressive. Very that's why I don't need any notes for so, this particular thing. So you're telling me if I were to watch this show, uh -huh. I'm going to have my heart broken. So I'm going to fall in love with these characters, oh, and they're just going to be brutally murdered. So you will, and I'll be honest, you will. But you will also love the way your heart is broken in that, and then it will get rebuilt back up. Because certain stories will make up for it. Because, I mean, it's not just one particular story it's based on. At the end, everything intermingles. And it does throughout the whole series. But you do have um, each character. It's kind of like how the book is. It just goes on different characters' point of views. Kind of how the show does. It has like five or six storylines running at the same time. Some longer than others. All right, Tyler. Lord of the Rings. Oh. And why, oh. What is it? So, oh, man. I'm, I'm actually really excited about this. So, Lord of the Rings is a... Um, so, if Game of Thrones is, you know, medieval fantasy, it must be medieval fantasy light. Because Lord of the Rings, written by J.R.R. Tolkien... So, um, we got J.R.R. or George R.R. R. Martin. Correct. And J.R.R. Tolkien. Okay. Um, Are they brothers? Like, they, they, they might brothers from another mother. It's very possible. Um, it was actually so. Uh, Lord of the Rings was actually. I'm not sure if it was if it was inspired by, or if this is just illusions. But uh, J.R.R. Tolkien was actually in World War One, and he fought in World War One. Yes, I don't know what he did in particular, but he was involved actively in it. So I've seen a picture of your guy, mm -hmm. uh, George R.R. R. Martin, and I really doubt he fought in I... any war. Whatsoever. I do not need research to know that he did not. If for some <laughs> reason he did, someone please correct me. But I am almost 99% positive he did not serve so in any this, war. So this is J.R.R. Tolkien. So I'm already giving one point to Tyler here. Just because the creator seems to uh, seems to be a hero. He's, he's, served, and he's served in the military. Anywho, um, and uh, Lord of the Rings was actually a sequel to his 1937 uh, novel known as The Hobbit. A lot of you guys know it uh, because of the movie. Um, the, the, the story itself takes place, there's um, three books, and each of those books are kind of divided in half, uh, kind of like the movies are. Um, and it takes you, all, all, it is a long and arduous, but lovely and beautifully written journey. You follow a hobbit called Frodo. Uh, everyone knows who Frodo is. And kind of follow his adventure um, to get rid of this great evil that is now plaguing Middle Earth. Um, there's, well, as I said, Game of Thrones fantasy light in act in uh, Game of uh, Jesus Christ and Lord of the Rings proper. There's 
uh, dragons, there's dwarves, there's trolls, there's uh, all these different fantasy creatures that are also involved in it to make the world itself seem so, more, so much more rich and vibrant. Well, Game of Thrones had dragons, right? Yes, uh, Game of Thrones did have dragons. It had three dragons and some dead people, and that was it. That okay. was all the fantasy. Uh, you, you cannot say that, because... Did Game of Thrones have a Balrog? How about Shelob, the giant spider? What about goblins or orcs? Okay. Any of that? So so here's the thing. Oh, that's right. They had the Dothraki, who were basically human orcs. Okay. Oh, how cool is that? They also had the White Walkers, which I know what you're about to, I knew what you were about to say. They also had uh well, no, those were the whites. Those are the whites. The White Walkers were actually these beings um that were I uh, pretty much made of ice. Um but they were old um kings and old lords um that got cursed. Um Long, drawn-out story because okay, of that. Okay, yeah, before you get into that, you've given me basically the story of Lord of the Rings. You follow around a hobbit named... Frodo. Homo- yeah. Frodo. <laughs> Frodo. Homo was his name in the streets. And he's fighting some evil that has come over his... Correct. Whatever. Okay, yes. What, ha- what is the story of Game of Thrones? So, Game of Thrones, uh, the Good main... Good luck with that. The main <laughs> premise is that there is... Um, Westeros, right? So there are seven kingdoms of Westeros, and there is um, a king, pretty much. Um, it used to be one house. Oh, the one king that ruled them all. All right, so there are different houses. Uh, one house was Targaryens. They've had that for the longest. Um, the most recent king at the beginning of the series uh, is a gentleman named um, uh, Baratheon, Robert Baratheon. Um, he actually uh, it was over a woman. Of all things, which ended up down in the series, and I can explain that. Spoilers ahead, by the way. Yeah, definitely um, spoilers. Yeah, definitely spoilers. So if you're listening to this, you have well, not watched both series, um, please just know we will spoil this for you. But it's uh, pretty much everyone's trying to get this um, seat, pretty much to just rule the kingdom. And everyone has their different reasons why. Um, some people aren't interested. They're trying to help other people. Um, different alliances change. Okay, so so it's a lot of sneaky little alliances and people fighting over uh, it's politics. This this it's bloody throne. politics. It is so think but, of but something else is happening. Yeah, and, and also you have so many other different things that are like, happening that you're like not paying attention to. What I know to. of from season one, all my knowledge is there are winter. Is the coming. winter is coming. <laughs> yes. So when I mentioned the White Walkers, uh, that's actually what they're referring to. Um, which is, these are, they pretty much were just going to destroy all of Westeros, just conquer it all, everyone's going to be dead, um, and then there you have it. Um, the one I, and we'll talk about later on, the White Walkers, or the Night Walkers, I'm sorry, um, or Night King, so he's the main one, and he, they're He's really, like the leader of the He's zombies. the leader of the White Walkers and the Whites and all that. Um, and it's really cool because you can say... That, oh, they don't, you know, they have the Dothraki and, oh, we have goblins and orcs and Lord of the Rings, but they had giants. Fantastically awesome giants. And those also became these very grotesque-looking White Walkers zombies, and those were super cool. Um, But, I mean, that's a threat that's hidden along with the throne, along with three different other ones. So, to wrap that up, basically what you have is a kingdom... And everyone in politics is fighting for this throne. But then on the other side, you've got this zombie army that 
if they don't handle that, there won't be a kingdom to fight over. Yeah, but no one knows about it. No one believes it. It's all just legend. So people don't think this is actually happening. So they're still fighting over here, fighting among each other, while there's like one particular person who's seen them, and they're trying to stop them. Okay, now... Tyler, you told me Frodo is fighting evil. What's the evil? So, make, make a long story long, uh, Frodo, um, with his uh, caregiver, Bilbo Baggins, um, <laughs> happens to have... are great. Yeah, they are them. great. Um, who, who was the, um, the, origi- the, the hero of the Hobbit storyline? Bilbo? Uh, Bilbo was. Oh, okay. He happened to get this thing called the One Ring. And basically what the One Ring stems from is... It's like way back in the day, there's a dude named Sauron. Sauron's like, and he, he's a part of this group of immensely powerful beings. And he's like, oh, hey, you know what? I want to be the dude. I'm the man. Like, like the, the, the dude of dudes. The dude of dudes. And he's like, I'm going to make these rings. And basically what these rings are going to do is they're going to like basically instill whoever I give them to power but I'm gonna make one ring that control uh, lets me control whoever wears those rings or influence them. How many rings were there? There was uh, three for the dwarven lords, seven for the lords of man, and I think there was two or three for the uh, the elven lords. Jesus. Um, and then there was the one ring to rule them all. So uh, Sauron obviously wore that, and then you know there was a huge like basically people caught on to what he was doing. They defeated Sauron who um, became the Dark Lord after he equipped said ring and became all-powerful. Um, and the ring, because it, it it just was created by this evil, powerful magic, is inherently evil. It corrupts people who ever wear it because it is directly tied with the power of the Dark Lord. So at the start of Lord of the Rings, Sauron's already dead. Yes. But the ring lives on. He's dead and he's not. Because he is one of these OG powerful beings, he's essentially been banished. His corporeal form, his physical form, doesn't exist, but his his spirit and his power still lingers on in this place called Mordor, which is like New Jersey. Like, just really shitty, and no one ever wants to go there. I'm actually going there. So I mentioned we're going on vacation (laughs) in the last episode, quick tangent. Uh, I'm going to New York. Like the big city, going through and, New Jersey. To yeah, get there. I'm bringing my son with me. I think we're gonna have a blast. But one of the stops we're making, uh, one of the days we're over there, is we're gonna visit the Jersey Shore. Oh, really? Which I know Vincent's favorite show oh was Jersey Shore. Jeez. Yeah. Once Game of Thrones, uh, the last season, you know, came out, Vincent started binge watching Jersey Shore again. I just okay. So I'm just going. gonna just go ahead and nip this in the butt now because they know what they're doing. <laughs> Disclaimer, I have never and will never watch more than one episode of Jersey Shore. Because I only need one <laughs> but to know how ever, awful it ever is. Ever since that one episode, I've been seeing you doing spray tan for like the last... You, you did that for like a month straight. You look a little orange. Yeah, but it said you look kind of... I'm not going to lie, though. I am starting to get tan, and yeah. I'm kind of happy about See it. See that? We're going to start calling you Polly V at uh, this rate. You but. may not. You right. may not. Anywho. So, Mordor. So, Mordor, crappy place. Don't want to be there. That's where the orcs and the goblins breed in these gross little sludge pits cool. so um bilbo actually ends up get, finding the ring in the hobbit and um instead of getting rid of it or giving it to gandalf who is this um a similar being to what sauron was he keeps it for himself just because the ring corrupts that's the whole point is this ring corrupts whoever holds on to it like turns them evil not evil they just become very possessive because they they're just drawn to the power of this ring. Oh, um, so that's that little 
little runt guy who's always like my precious. Yeah, that's um, oh fuck, what's his name? Smeagol. Um, there's Smeagol, and then his his alternate personality, which I can't remember off Gollum. the top of my head. Gollum, thank you. Uh, Wait, Go- which one's the bad one? Gollum is evil. Okay. Smeagol is the original. Like he is, he he was a hobbit. Found the ring, became possess or became obsessed with it. Basically, went to the under like the the dark caves and everything. Ate goblins and stuff. Became a rabid little hobbit. Didn't he kill his cousin or his brother? His so his yes. Yeah, so, so one of them uh, found it in the, the ring in a pond and pulled it out. And Smeagol was so obsessed with it that he killed him for the ring. Pushed his body into the pond that he found and then just ran off with well, the that's ring. That's some dark shit. Yeah, it's 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 pretty messed up. So it sounds like, like there's magic going on. There's some there's some magic going oh, on. Oh yeah. In Lord so of the Rings. and I will say it's not magic in a traditional sense that a lot of like the higher fantasy um, genre uh, series have, but it's like um, Gandalf. He's like you have these different wizards and stuff, and they're not they don't can't like cast like fireballs and stuff like that. But they know these magical incantations and stuff. At one point, Gandalf speaks to a moth. And it somehow understands him, flies off, and then summons the Lord of the All Eagles to come and save, you know, Gandalf and the party. All right, pause. Is there magic in Game of Thrones? There is. There is actually magic. And it's actually similar to how, what you're describing. It's not fireballs. Uh, it's not people, you it's know. just touching balls. Uh, yeah, there's actually a lot of that. But there's, uh, there's necromancy. Um, there is uh, some of that. Um, one character is the mountain who dies, ends up getting resurrected back to life as just an undead uh, Goliath. Um, you have also um, like illusionary magic, illusionary magic. Um, you have, um, I mean, like I said, the dragons. I guess um, you can kind of talk about it in that too. Um, and there's other magics that they don't really explore. Like there is actually um, like sea magic. Um, with the drowned gods and different other gods, uh, there's one character. Um, it's actually a particular kind of organization called the uh, Church of the Light. Uh, they do um, the Lord of the Light, and um, he has done a lot of things. You can look in the fire and kind of see the future. Um, you can resurrect someone, someone didn't he? Uh, someone dies and he comes back many times. Actually, there was yeah. one character, Barrick, uh, who got resurrected. I want to say. And correct me if I'm wrong, I'll probably be wrong on this one. Yeah, we'll correct you. Uh, you have no idea. <laughs> uh, maybe 13 times, because his purpose was down the road. Um, but all different kinds of things. I mean, you can heal people. Um, but that that's where a lot of magic lies, is with Lord of the Light um, and with um, the necromancy. I will say, with Lord of the Rings, a lot of the magic lies in the creature themselves. Yeah. Um, kind of like going along with the White Walkers you had, there's these things called Nazgûls. And these things are um, the, the, the ancient kings, the human kings that wore the rings um, and became servants of the Dark Lord. And they have the ability to, like, um, well, one, like, they can just instantly teleport to different spots. And they can also see into the ethereal realm, which is basically like the spirit realm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually, if you wear the one ring, it lets you see into it and you're invisible to anyone that isn't a part of that ethereal realm. Which is how Frodo and Bilbo actually got out of a lot of sticky situations with stuff like that. Um, the Naz, like they have the Morgul blades, which if they you know strike a mortal, you basically are poisoned by this dark evil magic. Um, Sauron has the ability to magically influence your mind, um, and you know he's able to actually like 
create orcs. Um, it's there's there's a whole bunch of wild things. In okay, Daniel. so Game of Thrones, it's they they are fighting zombie people and they're fighting each other. Yes. Now in Lord of the Rings, it sounds like they're fighting invisible shit, invisible evil magic. So, so the Nazgul's, you they are corporeal, like you can see them, but they can the Nazgul's can also see into the ethereal realm. That's so, the big thing. So the end goal in Game of Thrones is sit on the throne and all is well. Well, for yeah, in the minds of the people, that's that's what they want. What is the end goal in Lord of the Rings? To get rid of this stupid ring that has caused so much heartache and destruction over eons and eons. And they can't just hit it with a hammer. Nope. They have to take it where it was created, which is Mount Doom. Well, they that's th- an original name. Yep. They had, and they have to throw it into the, the lava for it to be destroyed. And, that, and hilariously enough, this mount uh, where it was created is about a good football's throw away from where Sauron is currently encapsulated in this dark tower. Everyone that knows Lord of the Rings knows that big red eye. That's just like, and then Frodo's like, ah, it's talking to me. That's Sauron. And it's like, as soon as you get close to the mountain, Sauron's like, hey, I know what you're trying to do. And he tries to stop you. Okay. And how does he do that? How does he try to stop you? Yeah. He sends his Nazgul's, his uh, witch kings, his uh, speaker of Sauron's, his orcs, (laughs) his goblins, his, um, there's also a group of humans called the Haradrim, which are basically like, uh, the best way I can describe it is the Huns, where they're like very destructive and horde-like. And they ride these giant elephants called Oliphants, which are four-legged, four-tusked, you know, the size of a three-story building, if not more. Um, You know, their hides are not impenetrable, um, but they, they take quite a bit to bring down. Could a dragon from Game of Thrones bring it down? I, yes. No, definitely. But the thing is, the um, in The Hobbit, which I do consider part of the Lord of the Rings yeah. story. so stop right there. The Hobbit. Yes. What, it was actually a more recent release. Correct. Of movies than Lord of the Rings. What was, what's the story there as opposed to Lord of the Rings, so, what, what's the problem? I'm gonna, I will make this a long story short. Um, there's a dwarf. His name's Thorin Oakenshield. He lost his kingdom because dwarves are greedy. And what does greed attract typically? Dragons. Dragons love gold. Well, dwarves love gold too. And so his his uh, father lost the kingdom because he hoarded all this gold um, to a dragon. Whoops. You know the his name. The dragon's name was Smaug. Um, I think it's like Smog the Terrible is what his actual full title was. But anyways, Thorin Oakenshield was trying to gather a small band of dwarves, of his, you know, uh, his dwarves, his kin, to go back to the city to retake it. And they needed a, um, a burglar. They needed someone sneaky to actually be able to sneak in to the kingdom, uh, see where the dragon is, and find a very particular um, item that Thorin Oakenshield was after called the... Uh, I actually, I don't remember specifically what it was called, but it was a, a, a stone that essentially, is, it was like, if you have this stone, you rule the dwarves. Was this a trilogy as well? Yes. It, yes, it was. Okay. Um, go ahead. Um, so what I know of Game of Thrones, I, I know there's this chick who is like obsessed with this dragon and dragons 
weren't really supposed to be around or something, but then they were. So, the, at the time of the beginning of the series, um, they thought dragons were extinct. A particular kind of house, which is uh, House Targaryen, which actually their um, sigil is three dragons, okay. um, kind of like wrapped together. Um, they were, they pretty much, they, they had the dragons. That was the big thing about the Targaryens. Um, and then when the Targaryens got wiped out, so did the dragons, or so they thought. Um, the person you're referring to, uh, her name was Daenerys, um, uh, Targaryen. Um, but she also went by Khaleesi, which is a name of the Dothraki, which are very similar to the Huns as well. A, uh, horse-riding tribe, um, who pretty much, they are experts in the battlefield. Um, but, uh, when she was getting married off to him, uh, the leader of the Dothraki, which is actually played by Jason Momoa, uh, so... Aquaman. Aquaman. Um, also, people, I think, watch Game of Thrones just to see Jason Momoa shirtless, but you can also watch Aquaman, or really find any photos online, because people, uh, try to share those, because I guess Jason Momoa is attractive. I don't know. Um... <laughs> maybe it's all his hair. Maybe it is the hair. I mean, that's a lot of hair. Maybe, maybe it's his magnum dong. Well, you know what he really reminds me of, if you guys have watched, um, was it Maui? Um, or Moana, I'm sorry. Moana. Moana. Moana, that, Moana, that looks like Maui. Maui, which is voiced by, um... Dwayne Rock Johnson. Correct. But we're talking about Disney. Let's get back into Game of Thrones. So, um... We're talking about Disney. <laughs> well, yeah, Moana's Disney. I, I know. I'm saying I'd rather talk about Disney than Game of Thrones. Oh. Go ahead. Oh, that's you, fair. Right over your head. He's throwing you a jab, oh, and no. you just ate it right to the chin. That's okay. Yep. I, I was hungry. I didn't want a knuckle sandwich. <laughs> I did. Um, nuts. <laughs> no, no, thank you. They're too salted. I do, however, um, but the Game of Thrones, though, yeah, Daenerys so has she, the dragons. She has an egg first. She has three. Three eggs. Yeah, they're gifted to her, yes. But weren't they, like, believed to not be fertile eggs or something? Yeah. Like, just... Yeah, they were literally decorative. they were they were going to be a decorative eggs. They were just going to be as a symbol of respect um, whenever she was getting married. So what was, happened? What changed? Uh, well, she uh, became uh, Khaleesi, and what uh, do you mean became Khaleesi. So that is the queen of Dothraki. Uh, so um, once she got married, she became Khaleesi. Yes, that was the title that she received. Oh, okay. Yes, um, and then she gets like ten. 15 other different titles throughout the series because it's very long to say the whole thing. But, um, she, uh, pretty much the age, she starts noticing a couple things. Um, and something happens with the fire. I'm trying to remember the whole story, but eggs start, um, hatching and then the, she goes in the fire, remains unscathed, and then Queen Mother of the Dragons, and then dragons start, like, hatching and then they become really... So those three eggs hatched. They do hatch, yes, over like a little ceremony because they went. Oh, they went to one place. Um, uh, gosh, I can't remember. And okay, what role does the dra- do the dragons play in the show? Then they're dragons. They're they're literally. No, I mean like I, I think of them as Daenerys' the- children. They're pretty much doing like Daenerys is just like. Uh, so. Is she trying to get this throne too? Yes. And now she has dragons. She has dragons, yep. And uh, her famous catchphrase um, is Dracaris, which means burn, um, or burn them all um, in Dothraki. I believe in Dothraki. 
or an old Valerian, possibly old Valerian. It sounds like a Harry Potter spell. <laughs> so, Dracarys! So he has dragons that have hatched from eggs, and they were supposed to be extinct, and now this chick has them, and does she get the throne? <laughs> so, bum, 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 here I comes mean, the spoilers. In typical Game of Thrones fashion, go ahead. But I, I, what I sense here is she, she should, like, who the hell is going to stop her if she's got these dragons? Well, do I have a story for you? Yeah, but wait, listen to the, the most convoluted storyline. I'm not going to lie, I love Game of Thrones and I still stand by it. However, the ending is very controversial. Did they get cancer? So, <laughs> the, the, the ending was cancerous, so to speak. Yes. So, okay, so here's what happened. Uh, and again, spoilers, so big spoiler I, alert. If you do not want to know about the end of Game of Thrones, um, just, just, skip ahead. Yeah. So everyone hated the ending. Yes, and let me tell you why real quick. So I should not watch this. Oh, my God. Well, this <laughs> is... Strike <laughs> two! <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and tell you it anyway, because you're asking. Um, so we have Daenerys actually ends up getting the throne. You're correct. She got it through the dragons, absolutely. And then she became just like her father, which was called the Mad King, who just wanted to burn everything. And she did. She went to the city that she was trying... She just went blinded with rage and just burnt everything against wishes from because other people she, that were following her. Because she put the ring on, right? And then yeah. she turned evil. Exactly. She became Sauron. Essentially. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so she burned... But it's not even city. that good. It's not even that a ring was compelling her to do it. She just went total, like, Hitler... Actually, that is a very... Like, she just destroyed everything. So, she's the queen. She was married to this guy. What? what where's the guy in all oh, this? Oh, he died in the first season. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, you know, died. Jason Momoa, the, the bad, this badass warrior guy, is like, Oh, I have been hurt so bad. Oh, my heart, I cannot take it. Ugh. Meanwhile, Gandalf fights this fucking thing called a Balrog. Means saving his friends. They both fall down in this endless chasm. His the gods themselves were like, you know what, dude, you're too cool to die. But you comes do, back as Gandalf the White you do, and whoops some ass. Here's the thing: you do know what Gandalf is, though, right? Yeah, he's he's a god. Yes, so you cannot compare a god to a fucking just long-haired. Let me ask you this: God-like guy. So Gandalf died and then didn't die, and then it turns out he's a god. Did he know he was a god? So it's, it's very convoluted, like how these these because all the wizards there's like uh, there's Saruman the white or it might be Saruman the black. Um, there's Gandalf the gray at the time. There's two blue wizards. There's uh, Philagas the green or the brown. He's he's like the dirty uh, wizard that you see in the Hobbit that like rides around with the rabbits. It's uh, the brown. Yeah, it's the brown. Radagast. It's Radagast the brown. And I think there's like one other one. Um, Anywho, I think they've been around for so long that they kind of forget their origins, but they don't, they definitely know that they are not mortal. Gandalf never leads on with that because he likes hanging out with mortals. He's a cool ass dude. Even in, even in uh, the first couple, the opening scene of Lord of the Rings, he shows up for Bilbo's birthday See, with that, fireworks. That's a humble dude. I can it, respect it, it, it is a humble dude. And also just real quick, Saruman was Saruman the White. That's why Gandalf went to him about the concerns. That's right. Yes. And then Saruman was being controlled by Sauron. Yes. Um, and, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I kind of lost your point there. What, so, what exactly were you asking? Sorry. So Gandalf became some god. So 
now that he's a god, shouldn't they just so, okay. dominate so, so, against... So this, so this, during this particular series of events, they go um, to the Mines of Moria to find... I'm not exactly specifically sure what they were trying to find. I think I think they were, they were looking for dwarves. Um, uh, Gimli, the little um, dwarf friend that they, they meet along the way, is like, hey, we'll go find these dwarves and they'll help us out in this fight. They go there, all the dwarves are dead. All of them. Turns out... These goblins invaded from, like, deep, deep in the earth, killed them all, and um, now there's a Balrog ruling the... Uh, what is a Balrog? Imagine a very tall, angry minotaur on fire. Okay. With, and it, and it u- uses a whip of fire and a flaming sword. Gandalf is, um, you know, knowing that this thing is gonna could easily dumpster all of them, fights this thing. He's like, fly, you fools! And his famous line as he's you know, um, fighting this thing off. And and mind you... But like, he's a god. But he... Yes and no. It's one of those things where it's like you don't know your potential until... Because you're so... And, and in Gandalf's case, he's just so old. He just doesn't know. It just doesn't quite click. Like, he, he, he knows doesn't he's a know wizard. he's a god? He, he knows he's a wizard. But not a god. Yes. So, um... He's literally like, you know, this maybe six foot maybe five foot ten man with just this badass magical enchanted sword fighting off this you know two-story giant with this 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 weapon it's it's super cool um gandalf ends up destroying this bridge the balrog using his flame whip uh hits gandalf on the way down because of just how mass works and gravity works yanks him down to the bottom of this chasm rip um gandalf in his dying breaths ends up being empowered and becoming gandalf the white and basically, he gains all these insights, and you know he's basically given a so second then chance. He's a god, so he's always been a god. Oh, jeez. Okay, not gonna lie though, it is very. Uh, it's it, th- that particular part of the lore. You'd have to go back to the Cimmerillion. Yep. Um, which I'm not even sure was written by J.R.R. Tolkien, but that's basically like the pre-pre stuff. That's like before the Hobbit. That's where all of this background information is all set up like where the dragons come from where goblins and orcs originally spawned from where sauron and the elves are from stuff like that um but basically gandalf shows up um when basically gandalf's gone the armies of sauron are like all right well we're gonna march on helms deep we're gonna whoop some ass because i hate all these nice people all these haradrums show up and they start attacking Gandalf shows up with the uh, Riders of Rohan. Yep, Riders of Rohan, which are basically the best horsemen that money can buy. They're awesome. So Dothraki. Yeah, essentially, but much cooler because Ah. uh, they don't. They're not a bunch of uh, stinky savages. They're actually a professionally trained army, Um, and they show up and they literally like completely turn the tide of the battle. These horsemen fight these elephants. Imagine you're, you're on a horse. Imagine you're just a single dude fighting an elephant. What the fuck are you going to do? Huh, Vincent? You want to explain how you do that? Okay. Oh, wait. Using advanced military tactics, they still get their asses whooped because you're fighting four or five-story elephants that can take arrows like nothing. So, wait. The horsemen die? A lot of them do, but they end up rallying and fighting back. All right. So, Vincent, if you had three dragons swoop into the Helm's Deep battle... Versus these horsemen who win. So you, that's that's. I can probably tell you right now, but I'll let Vincent finish. Well, I I think that's tough 
because if I if you're having these three dragons go in, um, probably not. I could not imagine that these uh, like the whole. You know what? That's a not, that's, this Horodrum. isn't a fair question. Let well, me let me start again. Dothraki versus Horsemen. Who wins? I would say the Dothraki, and here's the reason why. And not necessarily because it's Game of Thrones. Dothraki are they are a bunch of savages. Not not lying, but they in battle they worked so well. They not the only reason they needed the leader was because he was there in the battle with them. Just like the Riders of Rohan or Rohan, I'll admit that. But they knew how to just without even speaking. How to swarm an enemy, how to swoop in and just destroy How to things. use tactics without even communicating. Yeah, because they've done it for so long. They they live on their horses. Their horses are part of them. So it's not like, you know, the horses are just a property. It is a, a extension of It's kind of like one of those things like you have to have sex with the horse. It's part of the ritual, I think. I mean, they never went into it, but I could imagine it. I, I could imagine it. So if you kill the horse... What happened? Is the Dothraki useless at that point? The Dothraki can still fight, um, but it's not going to be as effective. Uh, Dothraki are still pretty good hand-to-hand combat, but if you get rid of their horse, uh, they're just going to get really pissed and then probably just storm. And because of that, they'll probably die senselessly because they're just in a rage. Okay, Tyler, who So, wins? the Riders of, of Rohan, it, it, it's, to Vincent's point, I do think the... Dothraki have the advantage in physical strength because they are a strong people. Um, the Riders of Rohan are also a more specifically cavalry-based army. Um, they are the Lancers. They'll charge in and they do decimate. Like that's their thing. Is they're shock troopers. So if they you go kill, in first. Go ahead. If you kill their horse, they're a lot less lethal. Than... It's, it's just a dude with some armor and a sword. Okay. Now w- what they do make up for is typically um, in these uh, Riders of Rohan armies, you have a mixture of different like variations of shock troops. Maybe the Dothraki do too. In my mind, the Dothraki are all running in with like these swords and battle axes and shit like that on top of their horses and swinging. Meanwhile, you've got your um, your more harassy, you know, archery um, these archery cavalry that'll go around and flank. They're very based on military tactics. If you were to take out the leadership of the Riders of Rohan, who's to know what would happen? So I'll I'll give that one a little bit of uh, so you point know, to Vincent. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll I'll give that to that. But what I do think is. Like, if you were to compare Game of Thrones dragons to Lord of the Rings dragons, hands down Lord of the Rings. Easily. Uh-oh. Vincent so, doesn't look so convinced. So are you just referring to Smog? Like, are you just, like, that particular dragon now, versus... There, there are several different variations of dragons in Lord of the Rings. Smog is one of the last surviving ones because they became so power-hungry that they became targets of these immensely powerful beings that also roam the world with them. The reason I think that Smog... I don't think he could beat all three by himself. There's I, there's just no way. Numbers are in it, are in their advantage. But Smaug is physically larger than even the adult forms of these three dragons. And the yep. thing is, the thing he has 100% in the bag they don't is the sheer intelligence that Smaug has. He's arrogant, and that's his downfall. But he is so incredibly smart. It took literally the most ridiculous plan from the dwarves and the hobbits to defeat him and even then they couldn't because his armor was impenetrable there's only one type of arrow it's like this black arrow and it looked like a 
four or four or five long foot four or five foot long so it was spear like a ballista. It was a it's exactly is what it was. That was the literally the only thing that could hurt him, and it took two of them, one to take the scale off and then one to pierce his heart. The only thing that could defeat him. That's fair, and, I, and I'll give you a dragon point because you're right. The three dragons that are in the Game of Thrones. Um, aren't necessarily intelligent. If you have uh, Khaleesi writing them, for example, that would provide a little bit more. But still, I don't think if going against another dragon, I don't think she would actually be on top of one. Um, and, I mean, if she is, she's not going to lie, she's pretty uh, blind on some things, so she probably would. Um, and if she died, the dragons would go berserk and Smok would probably kill them very easily because they could not coordinate what they right. were trying to do. Um, so I'll, I'll give that. Smog is very is more intelligent than the dragons in Game of Thrones could possibly be. Hands down. Alright, so it sounds like Lord of the Rings might have some more offensive-based magics at their, at their, at their uh, yeah. use than maybe Game of Thrones has. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I would agree with that. So if you were to take magic out of the equation on both sides... Say, um, you know, you have a situation similar to Helm's Deep. Like, you have, we'll say, uh, Lord of the Rings is anchored in, and Game of Thrones is pushing. Like, say, um, I don't know, the kingdoms, do they have, there are alliances and things, but they never all, like, are buddy-buddy, right? Well, for the most part, no, in Game of Thrones, there is a time uh, to where... Pardon me, Cersei, um, who is the baddest bitch is, um, of the whole series, um, she kind of does some very shady things, and so a lot of houses rally against her. They end up getting screwed over and end up losing. But um, that's probably the only time they really band together, um, besides fighting the White Walkers. And even then, um, Cersei's house, which is House Lannister, they did not help at all. Okay, so you take... We'll take all the, the good people from Lord of the Rings, but take away their magic, uh, like the godlike magic. Right. Uh, you take your biggest alliance that you can form, take away the magic. Um, okay. Dragons, I'm going to say... I'd take them all out. I mean, like, take take all take all okay. that stuff. Yeah, it's, I agree. So giants is, and everything. It, it is humanoid v. humanoid. Yeah. Okay. Battle. Okay. Who's going to win? So... I think one thing I've noticed, I'll say, in season one of Game of Thrones is very limited armor. Yeah. <laughs> Dothraki, in particular, they don't even wear clothes. Unfortunately, to Vincent's not not to Vincent's point, um, <laughs> the it, it, I it, just picture I first off I just picture Dothraki just running into some hobbits, just <laughs> freaking bulldozing some hobbits. But oh, what happens in this battle? Who wins? I don't. I don't think that if if they were to come head to head and the Lord of the Rings cast is in a defensive position, I don't think they're gonna win. Okay, so you are we looking Lord at Lord of the Rings? Is no, no, no. I don't think Game of Thrones. Are we looking? Chance. So are we looking at Dothraki? Or are we looking at all armies? I can all provide you anything. Okay. Siege equipment. Anything that you can provide. If they're fighting at Helm's Deep, I, I seriously. Doubt that they have a chance. Okay, so here here's the thing with Helm's Deep though. You have you would have already had people that were in. Well, shit, because you're taking away faith, faceless men. That's fine. You already still have people that probably infiltrated that 
that stronghold. I'll be honest, you probably did. Um, people who specialize in that. Because there are places in Westeros that are like completely, people do some crazy shit. Well, okay, so Helm's Deep, there was a giant, it, it was wow. a giant wall that... Essentially, that there, was was a, there. there was a city next on a mountainside. Yeah, so what did Game of Thrones have? They had that giant fucking wall. What did they call it? Just the wall. The, the wall. wall. Yeah. yeah. So you had people that specialized in, you know, climbing said wall. So maybe Helm's Deep wouldn't be a piece of cake to climb anyway. The only, the only, um, only ones that could probably climb the wall would be the wildlings, which are... Think literal savages. Literal. Ex- more so than the Dothra. More so than any other tribe you can think of. They literally are just a bunch of clans and tribes um, who really don't work together, but was united under one, under a guy named Mance Raider, who uh, became the king of the wildlings, if you will. Um, so if he's still alive at this point, Stormy Helm's Deep, then with his wildlings, they probably would be able to get over the wall. So they, that they particularly would. They're the only ones though. Um I there's absolutely no way. The reason being is the only way. So it turned orcs actually did break into Helm's Deep. Mm-hmm. The only way they were able to do that is with an army that numbered in the hundreds of thousands with troops that were literally there to exist to die. That was it. The only way they were able to scale the walls, because they couldn't break through the front gate with even the battering rams at first, they had to take suicide bombers filled with, and, and, and basically these suicide bombers were these these Uruks, which are basically beefed up orcs, and like fill them full of drugs where they didn't feel pain, tell them to charge forward and don't stop charging, Set and literally there was a pile of corpses next to these bombs, which are next to the wall, then they had to use a catapult to blow up those bombs in order to create a hole in the wall for the orcs to pull to pour in. Before then, the elves, being the master archers that they are in Lord of the Rings, could literally and go ahead, Justin. No, no, no. Uh, so that was going to be sort of my next question. You have some specialists in Lord of the Rings yes. that do not use magic. Correct. Legolas. He yes. is like a, a freaking absolute badass. Game of Thrones. Who who would you say is probably you know to that level? Maybe not with archery, but some form of combat. Who is like, without using magic, who is just the Viper? Oh wait, now he died too. Oh, okay, never mind. The Viper, whatever his name was, the Snake Guy, the one that killed the mountain. Oh um yeah um Oberon. Yep. So um. The Martells would probably be specialists in the sense of they use a lot more spears, um, so they would probably be able to do a lot more wide attacks. Um, but do you have a like a, I guess, an bon- bona fide badass. badass like a Legolas? Yeah, um, I hound. would say. Uh, well, the hound, the hound, only because I'm biased, he's one of the better characters. Um, but if we're looking at the whole forces, we're just combining them. Um, I would say. Uh, you have Braun, which is a mercenary. Uh, he would be very resourceful because he plays dirty. So he would know uh, different kind of poisons or different ways just to, to kill people that most people don't even think of. Um, and you also have, um, even though uh, <laughs> people uh, always rave about him, Jon Snow is a very excellent um, fighter in the battlefield. So he's just a good leader. 
So maybe not necessarily specialist in the sense of like he can do special, like he's the best at what he does, but he rallies his troops and people behind him so well that, you know, charging a wall wouldn't necessarily be outside of their realm. Okay, so to make this a little more fair, um, we'll take archery out of it. You have that little short shit. What's his name? Frodo? No. Gimli? Gimli, yeah. Gimli v. Jon Snow. What happens? Um... So this, again, this I think this is the problem in, in, of, of trying to compare Game of Thrones it's not to easy. Lord of the Rings. It's no. not. Because the, the, the dwarves in Lord of the Rings, they revel in melee combat. These are the heavily armored shock troops of the, 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 the entire world. You, the, the dwarves don't really use arch, like ranged combat. They, they practice their entire lives for melee combat. Exactly. That's... So, to compare Jon Snow, who is probably a capable swordsman in his own right, to... And he's... But he's not that old. You know, he's had he's had experience out on the battlefield. You know, in, the, in Game of Thrones, he is probably Barney Badass. Yeah. But you compare him to one of these dwarves that have lived hundreds of years, and all they do is drink and fight. That's literally the only t- two things that... Oh, and gold. They like the smith, too weapons um i don't know it'd be hard uh gimli and legolas were comparing taking down elephants yeah they were during they were during that lord of the rings and they were like oh i just took down my 13th one your 13th 15 story elephant man that or not elephant man but covered in men that were shooting arrows at you the whole time it, yeah. it, it, it's it's a hard comparison can, to make. I can sort of see Ty, like I would give the point to Tyler on that one. As far as bona fide badasses, I don't think Jon Snow, who's you know, but then hasn't Jon Snow died and come back? Yeah, uh, because of the Lord, Lord of the Light, right? Because he was brought back. But there's also there's a gentleman named Tormund Giantsbane, who that is a wildling, and that's who I would put against Gimli, not Jon Snow. Tormund Wildsbane, think of just Gimli, just taller. Okay. Literally a Viking-like guy who, if dwarves existed in this universe... Would probably be a dwarf. Would be... That would be him to a T. He's just a, pretty much a taller dwarf. He drinks, and he's very, like, just gritty, and he loves fighting. Right. Uh, he's, like, the look in his eyes when he gets fighting. Like, that would be... That would be a good fight between Gimli and Tormund. So what I have right now is two points Vincent, two points Tyler. Closing arguments... So if to compare the two, um, as a as a series as a whole, um, the reason I think Lord of the Rings is the better fantasy series is one, it's become so popular that uh, Oxford uh, English Dictionary actually included it, it, they included two uh, words called Tolkienian and Tolkien esque to describe fantasy genres and how the writer the writing style is. That's how popular it is. And actually in 2003, it was named the best best novel series of all time by the Big Read, which is a very large um, like a critic over in Britain. But that was before Game of Thrones even existed, right? And that's and that's and that's a fair point. To what we were talking about before in terms of like, you know, who would win in a fight. It, the Hobbit is a great example. Um, it, it was the Battle of the Five Armies. The dwarves and the elves, the, basically in that kingdom that uh, the, that Smaug was in, that had all the gold, there was some elvish stuff in there. Well, the elves wanted it back, right? And the dwarves were like, no. And uh, Thorn Oakenshield sent out a raven to go talk to his, his uncle and the Iron Hills. Now, the Iron Hill dwarves 
were specific. They, of all the Barney Badass Dwarves, they were the Barney Badass. They, like, they, 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 they rode in on boars. I'll give you literally that. the the I think it's Dane Iron some Ironfoot or something like that. Literally rode in on an armored war pig, and so the elves, being the you know the archers they are, they're like, all right, you know, shoot a volley at these guys. They don't got nothing to stop us. Fire off these arrows. The dwarves shoot ballistas that open up and they start spinning, cutting all the arrows to pe- like they like they split off these two poles that cut the arrows down and then land spinning, carving you know holes in the uh, in the elvish line. Then the dwarves charge, absolutely crushing most of the elves in melee combat. You know they base both these forces decimate each other. Then the orcs show up and are like, we want to kill everyone. They rally so hard that they end up wipe like th- there are some deaths along the way of some very very important characters. Who characters are all- that I've fallen in love with? No, because well, I mean, yes and no. To your point, yeah. Um, but they were deaths you saw coming a long time ago. They're like this guy is setting almost like um, like we talked about in the last episode uh, with World of Warcraft how they set up these characters that yep. you go to love. And you start to see that turn, and you're like, they're going to be a tragic hero. And at the last minute, they have this revelation of like, you know, I made a mistake, but thank you guys for being there along the way. Um, With a a single tear. Yes. But these decimated elvish and dwarven and even like regular civilian human forces rally together and fight off these orcs in one of the most badass scenes that I've ever seen in a fantasy movie or show. All right, Vincent. All right. Closing argument. Okay, so I'll get Tyler that. The Battle of the Five Armies was super CGI-wise and just, like, action-wise, hands down. That There's was a lot beautiful. of good battles in there, the there is. Let's go into Game of Thrones look at the battles there. So one of the better battles that Game of Thrones has um, and it was the second um, highest uh, spending or grossing uh, episode. It had uh, They spent so much money on it. Um, it was the Battle of the Bastards. The Battle of the Bastards, you have Jon Snow and his army going after uh, Ramsay Bolton, which is a terrible, terrible, awful person. Um, also, just to describe how awful he is, he cut off someone's uh, penis um, and then called him Reek and then messed with him by waving a sausage in his face. That's how <laughs> bad this person was. And his army was just the same. They were just awful, awful individuals. So bad that when they are lined up, ready to fight each other... The brother of Jon Snow is running. When he is running, Ramsay says, hey, you can go. And Ramsay shoots him in the middle of the battlefield. And then Jon's like, all right, you're going to die. And then just storms. And so it is one of the bigger, bigger battles because you have these two armies fighting. They're fighting against each other. It's epic. You have the wildlings and Jon Snow and other... Um, other armies, then you have this army, and then out of nowhere, it's similar to the Riders of Rohan, is you have the Riders of the Vale, um, or Knights of the Vale, and they come in on their horses, and they just mow down Ramsay's troops. Um, also, keep in mind, Jon Snow had a giant, uh, 1-1, which was a great giant, and ended up becoming a White Walker, it was sad. Another one was actually the Battle for Winterfell, which people do complain that they, you really couldn't see it in the light, which is fine, because it's in the middle of the dark. You don't really need to like have it super light to see. Um, and that was epic, too, because you're fighting against the White Walkers. You had the Dothraki fight them. You had um, Khaleesi's uh, other forces, which is the Unsullied. That is a force that would go up against the dwarves, because they will die, and 
not even care. They will fight with two, with one appendage each missing, both a leg and an arm. They'll keep fighting until they die. Awesome. That's how they're trained. Um, they're they're eunuchs. They're literally just a, a troop of eunuchs who just fight. That's all they know how to do. Um, so and then they fought, and then you had other people too. So that was a, also a big epic battle. Um, looking into just characterizations. I would say that the characters that you fall in love, that's what really made the show. The action was great. Um, the political intrigue was really cool. But really what made it was the characters and where they went. That, like, you look at World of Warcraft, again, going back to that, you look at those characters and you're like, wow, they're doing this transition or this and they're switching it. You have five or six different um, characters who are switching three or four times and they finally reach the point to where they needed to be. And whether they die or not at that point, it still was awesome seeing them on its journey. And so many characters, um, even at the end, there were characters that were necessarily probably should or should not have died. That at the end, the resolution, there were some that I was happy with. Um, and so I think Game of Thrones is a journey that everyone needs to go on. Also, if we want to talk about money, Game of Thrones was the highest grossing TV show for HBO and if, uh, no, I'm not going to say across the board, but I know for a fact HBO of all time um, grossed way, way too much money. Like a lot of freaking money. And actually had over a hundred, um, over a hundred uh, or 120 nominations um, for awards. So it's it just that what we're looking though is we're looking at a film franchise compared to a, a TV series. Right. And obviously, Lord of the Rings. At first, probably didn't have a big budget, but when it started rolling... Yes, it, it was... Uh, it, it's just very interesting to go from... Most people see, like, a book to movie adaptation as a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, and obviously, you know, some things had to be cut out. They're not everything, you know, like the origin of the dragons and the orcs and stuff. Like, there's no way you can make all that into uh, the, the six of the ring movies as long as they were. Um, but it's just following these lovable characters all the way and and the, i think the best part is really only one of them dies um and i don't even remember his name but it was sean bean's character oh uh, well i'm glad you mentioned sean bean because real quick sean bean also dies in game of yep, thrones he season. was a beloved character in game yes. of thrones and he died yes um <laughs> but he you know he was really the only one that that passes on like that everyone else you see like you know, Gimli and Legolas hate each other because, you know, dwarves and elves hate each other because of this, this long mutual hatred that's spanned eons. And they come together and show, like, wow, we can work together, and when we work together, we are fucking awesome. And then, like, Samwise Genji, or Gimji, the one that takes care of Frodo, like, watching how much he genuinely cares about Frodo, and he's just, he's literally just, like, his, his housekeeper is all he was. And he learns to actually, like, love each other as friends, and it's it's a good movie. If you've never seen Lord of the Rings and a Hobbit, you really need to. Alright, so I've made a decision. Of course. And after listening to you two drone on for the last hour, I think I would go with... Uh, Jersey Shore. Okay. Jersey Shore, ladies and gentlemen. Ain't that bad a bitch. <laughs> no, so honestly, I was leaning towards Vincent and... With Tyler's last little bit there, the reason I was leaning towards Vincent was character development is something that, like, I absolutely love. Character development and, like, twists. Things like that. And it sounds like Game of Thrones is all about that. That's but then, basically the entire series. Yeah, yes. you're closing there. 
just now you were talking about, you know, Gimli and Legolas and how they hated each other. And then, you know, as it go on, they realize like, hey, we're great together. We can work, you know, we're badass. So there's obviously some character development there too. So, damn it. I think it's a draw. I would, yeah, I would, I would say a draw with Jersey Shore with a slight lead. Not gonna lie, um, I'm gonna shit on your car. Yeah, it's massive. <laughs> I think we're both gonna shit on your car. Yeah. Well, that's all we got, folks. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, we um, we I, I don't know. I really enjoy kind of debate this kind of debate kind of thing. I feel like we should try it more often. Um, maybe with a little bit more c- consistency in the questions. I, I yeah yeah. So the questions because I knew literally nothing about either of these. The questions literally stemmed from the information that these guys were feeding me in the moment. Yeah. yeah. It's, I think I think a good same format, we could do some animes, like this, you know, this anime v. this anime, something like that. I, I feel like it'd also be pretty fun to throw out some video games that we, uh, you know, we, we love. Oh, absolutely. And, and beer and stuff like yeah. that. Oh, absolutely. To record. A- absolutely. If you guys have anything you would like us to debate, to debate. If you have, if you have anything you want us to debate, please let us know. <laughs> so, yeah. um, we have the Facebook page up. Yes. Um, we've been trying to plug that just because we want to get some feedback from the community that uh, is listening to us. We're almost up to 200 likes, which is pretty awesome. Yes, yep. that's actually. A, I definitely don't know 200 people. I sure don't. So it's definitely been, it's been a fantastic journey so far. And not gonna lie, we're gonna keep going. Um, definitely appreciate all of you guys uh, tuning in um, and gals, of course. Um, but I just want to thank everyone uh, so far for still listening. Please, 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 um, just share with your friends, family. Like I said. Um, we, you know, people are doing laundry. You can listen to it while you're doing laundry. You can do it while you're, I don't know, doing schoolwork and just listen to us three banter about things. Um, but all in all, we just appreciate it and, uh, you know, just uh, pass the word along. Yeah, remember this week, uh, just so our avid listeners aren't disappointed, we are posting two episodes because we will not have one next weekend. So don't expect one. Yeah, idiots. Stupids. Hey, hey, hey. We'll see you guys next time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So long, everybody. Thanks, guys. Lord of the Rings is better. Uh, You're wrong. Bye.